Well, good morning. Some of you are going, where is he at? I was trying to make sure I had something turned off back there that I need a little bit later on. So uh, good morning, and uh, man, we are glad that you are here. For the past five weeks, we have been in this series entitled, Now What? And here's the reality. Every one of us, uh, we have had those kind of now what moments, haven't we? Every one of us. Um, because see, the truth is, we all experience them you know, basically day to day. Sometimes we go through real seasons of them where we've experienced in our life a season or a moment or a day or a week where the only question we could ask is this question right here. Now what? In fact, if you haven't been with us for the past few weeks, I really would encourage you to go back and listen to Matt's talk um, from the last week or Gavin's talk from the previous week before that, because both of those guys did an amazing, amazing job by helping us understand, by using the life of the Apostle Paul, how to thrive when there is so much that is working against you. See, Throughout this series, if you really stop and think about it, because this is our fifth week in this series, we have said that there is a way not just to become a better person, but to become the person that God intended for you to become. And the person that God intended you to become is so much grander than what most of us could ever imagine in the way that we act and we react to life and these now what kind of experiences. In fact, today what we're going to do is we're going to look at it from a different angle through a conversation that Jesus had with his followers. But before we do that, I want to kind of go back to where we started the series five weeks ago and remind you, don't miss this, remind you of the potential that there is whenever you have a relationship with the creator of the universe. See, there's so much more potential to live the life that God has called us to live than what most of us understand, especially when we're experiencing a now what kind of moment. See, there's the potential not only to experience Christ's power to help you through your now what kind of moment, but as you just watched in that bumper video, you have the potential to help others get through their now what kind of moment, and you have the potential to get through the now what kind of moment that other people create in you or create for you relationally. Because see, that's where a lot of our now what moments happen, isn't it? They happen in our relationships. In fact, this is the way that Jesus introduced this concept in John chapter 15. Here's what he says, John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Which was Jesus' way of saying, listen, I have a role to play. I am the vine, you've got a role to play. You are the branches. And then he continues. If you remain in me and I in you, and we've talked about this word remain before, it's a very simple word, but a very powerful word. It literally means if you will abide in me, if you will stay close to me and I stay close to you, notice the result that he says will happen in your life. You will bear much fruit. Now, you got to notice, Jesus doesn't say you're going to notice a little bit of fruit. He says you're going to bear a lot of fruit. But let me remind you of what fruit is in this context. See, fruit is that supernatural character change that God wants to bring in your life to help you through those now what kind of moments. It's that thing inside of you that allows you to do what's right, even in difficult times. It's, it's a, that 
character trait inside of you that God wants to develop that allows you to persevere, to be self-controlled, to be patient, to have more peace, to have more kindness in those now what kind of moments. And even greater than all of that, it is that character trait of love that gives us the ability to love others like Jesus loved us. And then Jesus makes this statement that is so important, and here's what he says. He says, and apart from me, you can do nothing. And we go, nothing? And Jesus goes, yeah, nothing. Because see, he's saying, apart from me, you can't become the person that Jesus desires and designed you to be. Like, you can work on becoming like a better version of you, but he says, apart from me, like, you can do nothing on your own that's going to be able to help you help other people get through their now what kind of moment, or to become the kind of person that does what love requires of you when some other person has created this now what kind of moment or season in your life. He's saying, listen, apart from me, like you can do nothing to be the kind of dad or the husband or the wife or the mom or the employee or the student, to be kind the kind of per- that kind of person. He's like, listen, Jesus says, apart from me, you can't do that. See, Jesus is saying, listen, to become the kind of person that says even in the most difficult, now what kind of moments of life that can say, in light of what God has done for me, what does love require of me? Jesus goes, listen, that's only possible if I am in you and you are in me. He says, then you can do what love requires of you in your now what season of life or helping someone else go through their now what season of life or even doing what love requires of you when another person has created in your mind a now what season of life. In fact, later on, in the same conversation, in the same context, Jesus tells us why this is impossible, why it's impossible to do what love requires of us on our own when we are in a now what kind of season of life or we're helping someone else do theirs or when someone else has created a now what season of life for us. In fact, notice what love requires of us. Here's what Jesus says, John 15, verse 12. He says, my command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. That's why doing what love requires of you is so hard. He says, I want you to love each other as. This is a two-letter word, but it has big meaning. He says, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. Because how did Jesus love us? I mean, Jesus made like this incredible sacrifice. Think about it. He made this amazing sacrifice to love us. I mean, it's hard for us to even comprehend how great a sacrifice Jesus made for us. In fact, this week, we're going to be thinking about that a lot as we go this week leading up to Easter. Because when you really stop and think about it, I mean, it was this incredible sacrifice of laying down his life, of taking on himself all the anger that God had toward our sin, all the punishment that God would have poured out on us for our sin. Instead, he poured it out on Jesus. Now, why 
is that important? Think about it this way. Here, here's why that is so important for us to understand. See, most of us, we would say, when it comes to people that we find it difficult to love, we, we would say something like this. Well, my problem with that guy at work who's such a difficult person, he just, he's just so difficult. Or my problem with that neighbor who is just so hateful. Or my problem with loving my mother-in-law, my brother-in-law, who's just so demanding. We would say, man, the hard part with loving them is this. It's like when I try to love him or when I try to love her, I just can't. And it's not my fault. I mean, if he wasn't so difficult, then I would be able to love him. Or if she wasn't so annoying, then I would be able to love her. Or if he wasn't so mean, then I would be able to love him. Listen, don't miss this. I mean, it like took me years to realize this about myself. But for most of us, we view our inability to love. Don't miss this. We view our inability to love others as the other person's problem. See, we think, oh, it's not my problem that you make it difficult for me to love you. See, we think if I struggle to do for you what love requires of me, that's not my problem. It's because you make it so difficult to love you. You make it so hard to love you well. Well, Jesus says in verse 12, listen, no, no, no. The problem with your inability to love, it's not the other person. It is actually you. But let me kind of illustrate what, what Jesus is saying. How valuable is one of these things to you folks nowadays? I mean, this is a pretty valuable thing in our lives right now. In fact, the other week, my charger that I plug into um, my outlet on my, on my phone and, or for my, in my car, it quit working. And I, I didn't know if it was the plug-in part, if it was the cord or whatever. Listen, I stopped at the quickest store I could find to get to. And I went in and didn't even know if they'd have one. And I grabbed one. I didn't even look at the price. When I picked it up, I just picked it up. I took off. You know, I went to the cash register to check out because I knew that I had made some phone calls. And there were some people supposed to be calling me back, and my phone was about dead. And, and I always hate it when, you know, I've asked somebody to call back, and they can't get through to me because that makes me feel bad because I hate that phone tag kind of thing. And I think most of you do too. So, I mean, this is a pretty valuable thing, you know? It's like you're often like me. It's like you don't even look at the price. You just get one and get out the door. It's like I got to have that thing. But here's what I think Jesus is saying. This charger cord, this is you. You are the branch. You could say this is 21st century branch, right? Right? Now, this phone right here, this is the person that you're struggling to love. And Jesus says, my command to you is this, is love each other as I have loved you, to which we say, well, I'll try my best. And so guess what we do? We try. And you know what we end up doing? We end up plugging into their life. You go, okay, God, I'm going to plug in their life, and, and I'm going to love them. And the result is this, God, listen, I'm really trying to love them. It's just not working. And who do we blame? We blame them. We say, it's their fault. 
they can't take a charge or they can't hold a charge. I mean, there's just something wrong with them. But Jesus is going, no, there's a major different problem. Maybe the problem is not the other person. Maybe the problem is the fact that you are not able to do what Jesus is asking you to do because it's not in you to do what Jesus is asking to do. Have you ever thought about it that way? Have you ever felt like incapable to love people that are really hard to love? Have you ever felt incapable to really love the people that you really want to love but are difficult to love? Here's what I want you to do for just a moment. I just want you to think about a couple of people in your life that are maybe difficult for you to love. Who, who is that person for you? Who's the most difficult for you to love? And if they're sitting right beside you, don't look at them. That's like the worst thing you could do. But who is it that's so hard for you to love? I mean, you've plugged into them and you're just going, they're just difficult to love. Well, here's what we know. There are people in our lives that are just really hard to love. And we know we need to. So we plug in, and, and we know we're supposed to, so we plug in. And then what's even more challenging is this. I mean, there are some people in our lives that we really want to love. And you're just going, but I can't. So who is like one of the most difficult, most challenging people for you to love in this season of your life? And, and don't miss this, because Jesus is going to tell us, if it feels like it's not in you to love them, it's because it's not in you to love them. But you got to understand something. That doesn't make it impossible. No, Jesus is about to tell us it's actually way, way, way more possible than what you and I might think. In fact, here's how he takes this conversation to another step. Notice what he says in John chapter 15, verse 9. He says again, as the Father has loved me, so... Have I loved you? Now, don't miss what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, listen, I took the love that the Father gave to me, and then I just passed that love right on to you. I gave you the love that was given to me. That's how I was able to love you the way that I've loved you. And then he says, here's the thing to do that. Now remain, there's our word again, in my love. So Jesus is saying, here's how it works. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And the only way that you're going to be able to love like I love you is to do what? Is to stay close to, that remember this word remain, is to remain close to, to live with, to never forget, to don't let go of it. Don't lose sight. Remain in my love. Another way you could say it is stay plugged into my love. Now, here's why this is such a problem. Here's why this whole thing of understanding God's love or staying plugged into our love, his love and, and letting it flow through us is such a problem. All of our campuses, what does this phrase that I'm about to put on the screen do for you. Jesus loves me. See, here's what happens so many times. 
Jesus loves me, we, we hear it so many times that it just kind of becomes redundant. It just starts losing its meaning. It, it loses the power that it's meant to have. I mean, an, another way of, of, of kind of bringing out this illustration is John chapter 3, verse 16. I mean, you, you've heard the verse. It's, it's been at ball games more than some of you have been at ball games, you know? It's like, for God so, there's that word again. It's like God so loved the world. Well, what did he do to so love? I mean, think about it. He says, as the fathers loved me, so I have loved you. Well, what did he do to so love you? Well, think about all that he took on himself. God took all of himself, all of his creative ability, all of his power, all of his divinity, and he placed that into a human body. And he walked around this earth just to show us what God was like, to show us what God thinks about us, that God is for us and not against us. And then Jesus loved you so much that at the end of his life, and I would encourage you in this Holy Week to read this story again, to remind you of God's love for you, he was put on trial not because he did anything wrong. In fact, he was charged without any accusations that were true. And they convicted him, and they took him out, and they beat him, and they beat him with this whip and had like these leather straps on it. And at the end of these leather straps, I mean, there was like these pieces of metal or pieces of rocks or pieces of glass, anything that would tear or inflict damage on the flesh and the body. And they whipped his back like 39 times, and that alone had killed many people. Do you know why Jesus went through all of that, being falsely accused, taking all that punishment and torment? Why did he do that? Because Jesus loves you. He does. And then they put him on a cross, and they nailed his arms, and they nailed his feet, and even in the middle of all of that pain, and they pierced his side with a spear. In the middle of all of that, he had compassion, and he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And anybody standing there watching that would go, oh, yes, they do. They planned this out. They know what they're doing. His compassion was so great. He's like, Father, forgive them. They don't have a clue what they're really doing to me. And why did Jesus do that? Because Jesus loves you so much. Listen, Jesus sacrificed greatly to show his love for you. So Jesus says, listen, as the Father has loved me. So imagine, imagine the love of the Father for Jesus that Jesus has experienced for him to be able to do for us what he did. He says, so as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Literally, just stay plugged in to my love. Now this next verse he goes on, he says, so if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remained in his love. Now, this verse can get a little bit confusing, and, and this is probably one of the areas where maybe our English language doesn't sufficiently um, explain what this means, because when we read this, most of the time we feel like, well, this is, 
God's love for us is conditional. I mean, it feels like, well, if I keep his commands, then God's going to love me. But if I don't keep his commands, then God's not going to love me, which is how many of us grew up in church world, isn't it? I mean, it's probably what you were taught if you were raised in a church. I mean, you were raised to think, listen, I'm doing really good right now, so God loves me right now. But then maybe like you think yesterday or last night or last weekend, I mean, I wasn't so good, so God doesn't love me. But that's not true. And that's not what Jesus is saying, because this audience that Jesus has in front of him, that's sitting right here in front of him, I mean, they were convicted or convinced that he loved them. I mean, they hadn't even done anything right yet, and he showed his love for them over and over, and the same thing is true for every one of you. So if you choose to keep his commandments, it's not in order to earn his love. No, no, no. We keep his commandments. Listen, we keep his commandments because we are loved. Think about it. Loving others, especially loving others who have created that difficult, now what kind of season for you, loving others like that, it's an expression of, God, of God's love for you, not a condition of God's love for you. Listen, you don't keep his commands. You don't love other people so that God will love you. No, 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 no. Your love for others is an expression of how much he loves you and how you're staying plugged into and how you could not imagine without, how you could not live without his love. But not only that, God's love is not contingent on your obedience. Think about it. Jesus went to the cross before you ever decided to obey. Honestly, I mean, your obedience, it, it's really impossible to obey God without experiencing his love. Listen, your ability to love those around you, those that you want to love, those that are difficult to love, it is only possible if you remain plugged into his love. Listen, God loves you if you don't keep his commandments, and God is going to love you whether you keep his commandments or not. Think about it this way. You can have God's love without keeping his commands. That's why he went to the cross, because he, he died for you, even before you kept his commands. But you can't keep his commands without having his love. And that's what Jesus is saying in that verse. Don't miss this. You can't keep his commands without having his love. So, let's go back to our vine and branch illustration, okay? So, here, here's how it works. I'm the branch, right? I'm the branch, and, and I'm trying to love other people. So, I plug into them, and, and I'm trying to love other people, but it's just a challenge. I mean, they're just kind of like difficult to love, or I want to love them, but I, I just can't. I mean, I, I really want to. I've tried but it just feels like it's just not in me. And you know what Jesus is saying in all of this? He's going, it's not in you. It's why I'm asking you to remain in me and let my love remain in you. And he says, if you do that, that's how you're going to be able to keep his commands. That's how you're going to be able to love others. You remain in my love and let my love remain in you. And he says, here's what's going to happen. When you plug into that. He's saying, 
Listen, then I'm going to empower you to love those that are difficult to love. He says, I'm going, when you are plugged in, he says, then I'm going to empower you to figure out how to love those who you really want to love well, but they are so difficult to love. Those that maybe have even created that now what season in your life. He's saying, I am going to empower you to do that. But there's something else that he's saying, and you don't want to miss this because it's so important. He's saying, listen, until you stay plugged in long enough to realize how fully you're loved, don't, don't miss what he's saying. He's saying, until you realize how fully you are loved, and the only way that you understand how fully you are loved is to consistently stay plugged in to God's love, to Jesus' love. And so he's saying, until you realize how fully you're loved, you will never be able to love others fully. Listen, Jesus is saying in this whole passage, until you realize, until you become so aware, uh, until you just like daily, constantly, moment by moment, remember his love, until you stay so plugged in that you never forget how much Jesus loves you, until you let that impact you on a deep heart and soul and mind level to the point that it transforms your mind. He says, until you are aware of how fully loved you are, you will never be able to love others fully like you want to, like God wants you to. See, most of us, we plug into God for a little bit in the morning. We plug into God maybe on Sundays and we unplug. We might plug in into a small group and then we kind of unplug. See, that's just such our nature, isn't it? We, we just tap in for a little bit and then pull back out. And we sing songs like we sing this morning, God, you're so good, God, you're so good. And then we leave today and we unplug and we forget about God until next Sunday or until we go to our small group. See, here, here's the problem with unplugging like that. How often do we receive like something? And, and because we don't remain connected to what just happened we fail to like pass it on. I mean, think about it this way. How, how many of you have seen children whose parents, like, I mean, the, the parents worked two and three jobs. They did everything they could to provide for their child. And man, they, they just went above and beyond. And then as the child gets older, I mean, it's like they quickly forget the sacrifice of their parents and, and they end up being so selfish and so self-centered and so self-absorbed. And, and you look at them and you go, how could you do that? Like, how could you do that? Like, how could you receive all that kind of love and then not love other people in the same kind of way? And whenever we see or we see somebody else doing that, I mean, like we think, how could you not like pass on what was given to you? But you know, the truth is, if we're really honest, we all do that all the time, don't we? In fact, in fact, the other week I was reminded of how easily we do that when we disconnect from something. The other week I was on Interstate 10 and it was merging down to like one lane. 
and someone was so gracious. I'm coming in, and all of a sudden there's this merge thing, and they just backed off, and, and I could tell they were letting me in, so I just like slipped right in. I mean, they were so gracious and, and kind to me in that process. And so about that time, someone calls, and I answer the phone, and I'm, I'm now disconnected from what that person just did for me, and I'm talking to the phone, and I'm in my little world, and, and I'm driving along, and there were other people who had waited you ever met those people? You know, like everybody else is trying to merge, and then you got this one that's trying to fly up and get in there at the last moment, you know, saying so get a hold of everybody else who's done the right thing and merge, right? So there are other people. So, but I'm kind of disconnected, but at the same time, when the person hung up from my phone, I'm, I'm disconnected from the fact that somebody was kind to me, and when I hung up from the phone, I realized my, that I'm holding tight to the bumper of the person in front of me so that nobody could merge. And after I had blocked several people and I came back to the connection of what was going on because I'm not disconnected on the phone anymore, I had this feeling of conviction because I'm thinking, I wonder what the person back there, three or four or five cars is thinking about me and the other cars because we're not letting anybody in after they were so kind to let so many of us in. And I started thinking, like, how could I have received the kindness of another person? I mean, they made room for me. They merged before I did, but they still made room for me. And then when it was my turn to make room for others, I missed it. And Jesus, in this passage in John 15, I mean, he's pointing out something that is so important. Jesus is saying, listen, my love is so powerful. And when you remain in it, when you stay constantly plugged into it, it changes your life. It changes your mind. It changes the way you think about others. Not only does it erase all your mistakes, not only does it forgive your past, not only does it restore all that was broken in you, and not only will it redeem what you maybe felt was taken from you, but here's what else it'll do. It will allow you to love the most difficult people in your life because here's what it does. It empowers you to do something that you could never do yourself. It allows you to love the most important people in your life who oftentimes are difficult. He says, if you will just remain in my love and have that daily constant reminder of how much God loves you, See, remaining in God's love, you know what it does? This is what I've discovered. When I remain in God's love, I stay plugged into God's love. It allows me to consider what a mess I was back then. And even more, what a mess I am right now. I'm amazed at the amount of people who call themselves Christ followers who go, yeah, I was a mess back then and I screwed up back then, but I'm good now. And you're thinking, oh no, you are so broken and you can't see it. See, when you are constantly receiving God's love, his amazing love, it makes you realize, I can't believe someone would love somebody like me like this because I am still such a mess. See, the gospel message says, I will always have some brokenness in me. And Jesus goes, that's okay. Because see, God loves me. He loves me perfectly. He loves me flawlessly. He loves me inexhaustibly. Even when I am imperfect day after day and flawed day after day, and I'm exhausting to God day after day, he loves me. 
And the same is true for you. But not only that, remaining in God's love, what it does is it removes our excuse for me not to love others as God has loved me. Think about it. Any mistreatment of other people, any bad attitudes toward any other people, any oppression, any acts of violence, any kind of racism or gossip or hatred or anger toward other people, any unforgiveness toward other people, at its root is the failure to recognize how much God has loved me. When I have that kind of attitude and action going on, it is because I have unplugged and I have forgotten God's love for me. Because here's the reality. If I have received the love of God and I'm experiencing that love every day and I'm realizing I don't deserve this love because I am such a stinking mess, how can I not then turn around and make space for, make room to love somebody else who was a mess just like him? See, but here's what we do. What we do is we, we go through life and, and we unplug from this and then we start making excuses. And our excuse is this. Well, they're just not lovable. And God's saying, well, you were not lovable, but I loved you anyway. And you go, well, yeah, but they're selfish. And God goes, yeah, well, you were selfish and I loved you anyway. Well, they're just kind of hateful. Well, you were hateful and I love you anyway. And sometimes you still are hateful. See, the fact is when I plug in and I understand that God loves me with all of my ways that are still so offensive to him, with the perfect kind of love, you know what it does? It removes all of my excuses not to love them. And it empowers me to love, whether they're going to pay back or whether they're going to give back or whether they're going to make any kind of movement in the right direction. It's just saying, I'm freely going to give this to you, not because you deserve it, not because you earned it, not because you're even going to say thank you. I'm just going to do this because it's the right thing to do, no matter what you're going to do. Because you know why I'm going to do it? Because Jesus loves me, and I'm plugged into that. And I know how much he loves me. So I'm going to love you. Listen, remaining in God's love, staying plugged into God's love, it empowers you to do what love requires you to do. Even if you don't feel like you have it in you. Even if you feel like, well, I just can't do it. I mean, like even if you... Had, have had the excuse in the past, well, if you just knew what they did, or if you, if you just knew who they are, or if you just knew how they treated me, if you just knew that they have created this now what season for me, if you just knew how annoying, how selfish they are, I just can't. I don't have it in me. You know what? Jesus says, well, as the Father has loved me, so I'm loving you. So stay plugged into my love. And as you do, through you, I am going to do the unthinkable. I am going to love those who you never thought was possible to love. I'm not saying you don't need some kind of boundaries. We need boundaries in our life. 
Maybe you don't need to live in the same house with them. Jesus is saying, listen, if you remain in my love, if you stay plugged into my love, you can love anyone. Because until you fully understand how fully you are loved, you will never be able to love others fully the way that God has like you want to, like God wants you to. So this week, as you're walking around with all these devices and stuff, is you're interacting with people who you have the hardest time loving, and you're tempted to blame them on your inability to love, remember this. Jesus loves you. Plug back into it so you feel it. And then let God begin to love them through you. Let this be a reminder as you bump into them and you go, oh, this person is so difficult to love. As you look at them, remember, Jesus loves me. How could I not love them? How could I not make space and room in my heart to love them as Christ has loved me? You bow your heads with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you give us the ability to do what we can't do on our own. Thank you for this incredible opportunity to plug into your love, experience your love, know your love, and allow you to love through us. Heavenly Father, I thank you that this week we have the opportunity, the reminder, as we go through this holy week leading up to Easter, just lean in and be reminded all that you went through to love us, all that you sacrificed to show us how much you love. And God, this week, I pray that you'll help us to plug in like we've never plugged in before to your love so that we can love others as you have loved us. Thank you, God, for the incredible transformation that's going to happen in our hearts and the transformation that might even happen in the lives of the people that we are able to love, even those who have created our now what seasons for us. In Jesus' name we give you thanks. Amen.